Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another special episode of the Multiverse Report. Tonight, we are recapping the first two episodes of Star Wars Ahsoka, the new series on Disney+. Plus. From Lothal to Corellia and everywhere in between, my name is Mike Gibson. With me as always is Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Well, Star Wars. And it's always good Star for Star Wars to be Wars. up. <laughs> it is always good for Star Wars to be up. What a great... Yes, I totally agree with that statement, yes. that sentiment. Always great for new Star Wars. Always down for new Star Wars. All the time. Uh, in the first... Within the first five minutes of this episode, uh, I just watched it, you know, uh, two hours ago. Um, I was watching it with my wife, and I just looked at her, and I went, wow, Star Wars. <laughs> like, I was just <laughs> excited to be seeing new live-action Star Wars that was actually, that was, like, more Star Wars-y. Yeah. Than, like, like, Mandalorian is very Star Wars-y, but also it sometimes is removed from, like, space battles and things like that. Like, we get that, but it also wants to be this, like, western-y kind of outlier thing at the same time. Yeah, this felt OT Star Wars. Yeah, this is mainline, mainstream right. Like, put it Star in Wars. my veins. This is... this is what we're looking for um now that said it's not like it was without fault but by both of our instant like our initial reactions i'd assume both of us are quite high on what we just saw in episodes one and two yeah i loved it i loved it i liked episode two more than i liked episode one but i liked episode one quite a bit yeah i so Um, i just rewatched episode one with my wife before this Uh, i had seen both of them yesterday on quote-unquote tano tuesday um <laughs> because we're gonna make it a thing because why not the catchphrase that everybody is saying <laughs> everybody can't stop talking about absolutely um <laughs> so ended up uh watching it last night it was uh instantaneously like as soon as the crawl even though the crawl wasn't the same crawl the fact that Yo. there was a crawl i was just <laughs> there like, was a crawl i i was watching it by myself and i audibly was like huh Okay. Yep. I, bef- before I said, yay, Star Wars, right. I said, ooh, a crawl. Like, I got excited <laughs> that there was anything, any text. And right. it was like, red was a big deal. And I was like, whoa, it's red. It's different. <laughs> My What's, wife's like, why is it different? great. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, yeah. when you look, the Clone Wars crawls were different. And True. like, there's all, you know, they're, they're mixing and mashing. But we're getting a yep. preview of, you know, where we're at and what we're doing, which. Yes where we're at and what we're doing seems to be uh there's a lot going on yes um a lot going on but i have to say i was very surprised to see how long these episodes were considering Mm -hmm. what we've been used to getting from live action disney plus shows and that includes marvel as well i think before like before wandavision dropped we were all wondering like oh this is the first live action marvel show or even mandalorian this is gonna be the first live action star wars show we were like oh these episodes are only 20 to 30 minutes long like they're we thought they were gonna be hour-long dramas and they seldom are mostly they're not right um and and this this one the first episode's 56 minutes long and the second one's 46 minutes long yep um and i love that but what i really loved about the first episode it's an hour long and it is slow 
It's paced yes. slowly, but deliberately, not in a way that I found boring or like, let's pick this up in a way that was refreshing to me from all these like Marvel shows that are just like, boom, bam, boom. We got to get to it. We got to get to it. We got to get to it. And even sometimes like sometimes in like Book of Boba Fett felt like that to me sometimes. And even sometimes Mandalorian feels like that. We're just like. Yep, we're gonna go through we're, this real quick. We're gonna get the people to the places we need to get them to, so they can do the thing. Right, trying to show like, too no, much we're gonna... into into a forty five minute show instead of letting it breathe yeah. and let it actually, you know, come to fruition right. and yeah. you two figure stuff out. Like, don't force feed people. Have them watch the exposition of what's happening. Exactly, because that feeds into the characters, and especially a show like this, where not everyone that's gonna watch the show has seen. Right. Any of Rebels or all four seasons of Rebels, yeah, they, they need to they understand four years of loving these characters like a lot of us do. Yeah, exactly. They need to get um, a f- they need to get a fresh introduction to Harrison Dula and Sabine Wren. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, we get five to seven minutes of Sabine trying to open that uh, map yeah. in the first episode. Like well, it even, takes its even time. It starts out and let's, I guess right off the bat, uh, you know, uh, spoiler alert, Sabine Wren's in the episode. Um, but, <laughs> uh, if, so for anyone listening, if you, for some reason clicked on this and have not seen the two episodes, we are going full spoilers in a, yeah. a minute or two. Sorry. Yeah. If I guess you, I should have said that, but if you haven't, or if you, uh, want a primer on, what's going on here and where Ahsoka came from and all these characters and way too long talking about Grand Admiral Thrawn, uh, <laughs> feel free to check out uh, on Monday, uh, myself and Tom Babcock, friend of the pod, went deep on Ahsoka and Ezra and uh, Sabine, Kanan, uh, Hera, the whole crew, uh, Zeb, um, and then talked yeah. way too long about Thrawn because, well, I, I think... You know, we, we probably could have split that out into a separate Thrawn podcast. Uh, That's fine. No, <laughs> but, it was good. That was good. I listened yeah. to it. It was good. So um, if, if you want a spoiler-free primer and then some spoiler, like, background primer, uh, feel free to check that episode out. If uh, not and you want to keep diving deep here, we're going full spoilers in three, two, now. Now. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything super spoilery off the top, <laughs> but just like I just wanted to make um, sure people weren't like hanging oh, for in sure. there. No, that's so smart, smart. Um, so yeah, I love the pacing of it. It just seemed very deliberate. Like uh, even like the whole beginning where oh, Ahsoka yeah. is infiltrating that temple. I was going to and... say that second scene was like perfect. the The first time I watched it, when we got to the end of it, I was like, "Wow, that seemed longer than what would like." That was yeah. deliberate. Yes. And then I watched it again today and I was like, yeah, that was very well done. I agree. Yeah, it was very well done. Um, there are, you mentioned that there are, I mean, I'm going to be, I don't have notes. You have professional <laughs> notes. I'm just going all over the place. Um, professional. Because I thought of that scene. Yeah. I was thinking of that scene. One, her cutting a hole in the floor with her lightsabers and using the force to turn around in a circle and then picking them up again. Super awesome. Loved it. Um, uh, one, cause I'm, I'm going to sing a lot of praises about the show, but I'll say this right out of the way. One fault I have found already is that I can tell when they're using the volume and when they're not using the volume, like yep. there are definite, some green screen moments and some backgrounds that they don't look bad. Right. I can just tell that they're not really there. We're and not I can talking tell like they are... log scene in moon Knight, but right. We're, yeah. yeah, we're not, uh, you know, you're not fully 
uh, immersed. Yeah, I think it was in the second episode where um, the bean is in the hospital talking to that droid and yep. whose name I'm blanking on right now. Hu Yang. And there's Hu Yang. Yeah. And they're standing in front of that bright window and it's clear that they're not. It's clear that that's a green screen like you can tell. Right. But at the same time, there's a lot of great sets like all the ships and stuff like there's a really there's some really cool sets as well. But, you know, and there's shots on Lothal where it looks like someone's really standing in the grass or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's cool as well. There's some like actual outside stuff. Um, but, you know, that's like, I don't know. It, it doesn't take me out of it so much that it, it uh, really bothers me. Right. It, it, um, it feels very OT where you could you could tell that there were effects that weren't like it wasn't in. Sure. You know, something. But yeah, it doesn't remove you from the moment. Right. It's not like rewatching um, episode one or two where you're like, oh, that, that, that's bad. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or three. Or three. Um, uh, I will say an effect that I love dearly. Practical loth cat. Yes. What? So cool. <laughs> that's a puppet. That's amazing. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Loved it. Adorable. My wife and I uh, just finished watching Rebels. Um, it's her first time. And I kind of gave her a crash course. She didn't watch every episode, but she loved loth cats. She's like, oh, wow, those are adorable. They're like cats meets a fox meets a bird. <laughs> well, those little yeah. like, talon feet. And then when she saw the practical one, she just lost it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because it was like so adorable. Yeah, it was my, great. My wife it. had no background on loth cats. And as soon as uh, they went to, you know, Ezra's Tower and Sabine's yeah. <laughs> feeding the loth cat, she's like, there it is. Oh, I'm like, oh, yeah, it did get you. OK, cool. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) But that's that's what I'm going like. You've at least your wife's at least seen some of Rebels and has some background. I'm I'm going in blind. So it's like, sure. Well, she's going in blind. So I'm I'm assessing where this is hitting from a complete has no idea. Yeah. Which is cool that you are able to get that perspective firsthand because there's going to be a lot. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of people that. Uh, are experiencing it that way right she knows ahsoka um, tano from reading some books to my son and that's it sure yeah yeah like there's a lot of just well and star wars fans that are live action star wars fans that don't read the books don't read the comics and don't watch the animated series right and then there's um, freaks like us <laughs> yeah yeah well you're you're another i don't read the books i've read some comics you're everything yeah um, i have so problem. i'll give credit where credit is too yeah um so anyway, okay, yeah. So she has this map that uh, Morgan, Morgan, uh, what's her last name? Elsbeth, um, who we met in an episode of Mandalorian, the same episode that we met Rosario Dawson's mm-hmm. Ahsoka Tano. Um, Morgan Elsbeth tells her where the uh, this map is, and this map is a map to find Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, Morgan Elsbeth is revealed to be a Night Sister. Yeah. Did you know that? I did not know that. I don't think anyone did. I don't think anyone did. But we did talk but, about um, it on the. Uh the preview pod about the magic stuff. So yes. you can check that off on the bingo card. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's super cool. Yeah. Um, really bringing in uh, some stuff from the Clone Wars and stuff from, um, you know, lore that hasn't been in any live action stuff. Um, yep. You know, aside, I mean, the only Doth Mirian we've seen in live action is Maul. Right. Um, and we certainly get a lot more of him in the animated stuff. Yeah, I'm curious if we get like a Telson reference later or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, even even we also, before the, well, I guess no. Elspeth was kind of right off the the initial, um, like I. 
they even went the first shot of the show. They even hit the fields and the member berries. Like, oh yeah, it was straight up panning down the hull of a ship. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't it just right after the crawl. In. I really loved anything. it. It just yeah. followed the crawl. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. yeah, and it was. I I don't know. Like that that ship was a unknown design at this point. Yep, um, I agree. Yeah, and then immediately we get a home run reference. It was like okay, they're leaning into it. Like home one is still yeah. around. It's still the flagship of the rebel fleet. They're still talking. Um. Yep. And yeah, I mean the the interaction between the ship's commander and the two quote unquote Jedi at the time. That was um, cool. That that whole scene, like that hit. It, it was a great intro to these two characters who mm-hmm. were Jedi, or at least Balin Skull was Jedi. Um, yeah, which we determined later from Hu Yang uh, remembering "quote unquote" his uh, his the lightsaber, lightsaber hill. So yeah, he's like, yeah. So he he one hundred percent was a Jedi and disappeared after Order sixty six. Which yep, you know we we get and that that's a big you know where all the Jedi went and we found yeah. out where one of them they went, dispersed. Apparently. Yeah, some of them got found and killed, and others survived but they were scattered and mostly retired yep um and uh seemingly my guess is that he took this this uh younger woman whose name i don't remember the character name um uh, as shin hati his kin hati shin uh shin uh took shin as his apprentice yep taught her how to build a lightsaber which is why the construction like the like who yan says the construction of lightsabers is both Similar to the way he right. taught you kids know, Jedi, Jedi Temple style. because yeah. he taught Balin and Balin taught her. Right. Um, so that's my guess. Um, and I'm sure that we'll find out much more about their origins or his origin and right. how they came to be and how they fell to the dark side or why they have chosen the dark side. Right. Now, one um, thing I did love about Shin Hati, and my mm-hmm. wife actually picked it up too. Uh, she has a Padawan braid. Oh, my God. She does. Yeah. You're right. That's awesome. So my wife was like, why does she have a Padawan braid? I'm like, because uh, she's his apprentice. Awesome. Like, that's all. Like, and, yeah. And in his, since he was, all he knew was the Jedi Order. It's not like he was a Sith or anything. Right. Um, yeah. He, you know, that that's what Padawans did. So that's what his apprentice right. did. Yeah. And even like in the, in the end of season, at the end of season two, episode two, <laughs> um, you know, he, he shows, he's uh, showing sympathy for having to kill ahsoka you know he's like oh, there's so few jedi it's a shame there's so few jedi yeah. left like he like is nostalgic <laughs> for the fact that he'll be like his mission is to basically end uh the jedi yep um uh, gotta wonder if they know yep. about luke skywalker mm-hmm. i mean you know ahsoka does right but uh, how far were they removed from you know the war right that uh tales of luke skywalker missed them you know yeah Interesting. And at this point, the academy would have been set up. So, well, he's building it right now, right? Because right. we see in Book of Boba Fett, he's constructing it. And but that would have been so. How many years before this? Well, do we know when this is actually happening? Compared uh, to, we know it's after Return of the Jedi, but well, Mando, like Mandalorian Mando starts was five four, years after. Yeah, four or five ABY, or well, after uh, Endor. Um, but we don't know exactly when that post yeah. that like end scene of rebels happens. Right. We just know it's after Endor. We don't know how long after Endor it is. True. 
So, All right. yeah. Yeah, we'll, maybe so, we'll figure more of that out. Uh, one thing I did yeah. want to call out, even, you know, we're still on this opening setup, like describing yeah. these two guys, but uh, lightsaber combat. Yeah. Uh, Skull is 100% like form two, form five, like straight up Vader combat style. Sure. Very yep. quick uh, economy of movement motions. And it was it was very Vader-esque. And I was like, okay, this guy means business. <laughs> yeah. Whereas um, at the end of the episode, yep. when Shin is fighting Sabine, she seems to be a little bit more... Flashy. Like, flashy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like loose. And Sabine is as well. And there's yep. some cool... They each do like a cool spin around. Like I love a lightsaber fight where the person turns completely around and mm-hmm. like, you know, gets back in time to deflect. Yep. So cool. Oh, yeah. Which is a cool thing with her cape in the end of that. Uh, yeah, that was episode. pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, it was a super cool move. Um, while we're there, again, I know we're jumping around, but uh, I didn't I couldn't remember another time in at least live action Star Wars where and it's kind of a trope in just like action movies or, you know, um, movies in general where, you know, uh, Shin and Sabine are fighting. Sabine knows she needs help. She calls Ahsoka and Hu Yang, and they're like racing to get there in time. Yep. And it's kind of like a will the help arrive in time to save the person that called for help. And like I didn't, I don't remember that happening in another Star Wars movie, and I liked it a lot. I was like, oh, yeah. this is a cool like thing that hasn't that I just I don't know. I just don't remember seeing that and of course they don't get there in time I and mean, they get in time there to have to save her but not to save her from being run through with a lightsaber yeah. wow wow yeah yep i feel like they're starting to really explore injuries in live action <laughs> disney yeah. plus series more than movies ever have because i feel like the original trilogy taught us you get touched with a lightsaber you're losing part of your body or you're dead those right. are the two options. You don't survive, you know, what you don't survive with all your limbs intact, <laughs> a run in with a lightsaber. Yeah. And um, and the same goes for like blaster wounds too. like, you know, it's very few times in, I think, you know, like I guess Leia gets shot in Return of the Jedi by a blaster and doesn't die. Right. But, but like, like most of the time you see someone getting shot with a blaster and they are just that's it. Stormtroopers in full armor story. go down. Yeah. <laughs> Leia yeah, gets Leia hit takes and one on the side. She's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Okay. It's, a, so, it's called plot anyway, armor, Mike. I, it's called plot armor. It's called plot armor. Yeah, but I, I feel like more in like Mando and other on Disney, at least live action Disney Plus shows, more people are getting injured by these weapons rather than just straight up getting killed by them. You know, like Reva, Reva in uh, Obi Wan, she gets run through with a lightsaber um, with intent to kill, and uh, she survives also. So, um. I don't know. I like it. I like that it, there's more gray areas and it's not just you're alive or you're chopped up or you're dead, you know. Um, uh, so, Steve, can I say, so, okay, so Sabine unlocks this map thing. Yep. And we also, oh, we learn, this is big, we learn, which the trailers hinted at, we learn that Sabine was training under Ahsoka. Ahsoka took Sabine as a Padawan mm-hmm. and was attempting to teach her to be a jedi and uh for some reason walked away from it at yeah. some point we find that out in episode two um now that's huge the the thing with that like i i know it's a big everyone's like oh is sabine like 
how could you be force sensitive? We didn't know any of this, blah, 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 from Rebels. The one thing I did note, and I, I loved that they mentioned uh, Hu Yang when he was talking to Sabine, mentioned, or might have been when he was talking to Ahsoka, uh, that Sabine's aptitude for the Force is extremely low, lower than yeah, any, says, any of Hu Yang's apprentices that he's ever encountered. He says it straight to Sabine. Yeah, he tells was it her, yeah. Yes, lower yep. than any other student that he's ever encountered. <laughs> right, and it's like, okay, for some reason that made me feel better of like... Oh, for sure. There wasn't, yeah. like, why was Kanan not training her or whatever? And it's like, yeah. oh, okay, because, you know, she's not really that good, but you train everybody you can when you're, <laughs> when yeah. you're down to when nobody. there's two of you in right. the entire galaxy, whatever, you know? Um, oh, the last guy got blown up in a fireball, and then the other one flew off with a space whale. So, oh shit, we've got some things we yeah. got to do. <laughs> right. And there's one other guy, but he seems more into building a temple and teaching right. than uh, helping me out here. So, yeah. I need someone <laughs> on my side. <laughs> um, and yeah, because there's not even a hint of her being force sensitive. Um, there are hints of her. I mean, Kanan teaches her how to wield the Darksaber, and she's able to do that. Right. And she's able that. to. Yeah use uh ezra's and i mean in that sequence because i just recently watched it the rebels um episode where kanan is teaching sabine to to use the lightsaber he talks about how there is a connection and she is able to make a connection with the saber Mm -hmm. um in order to wield it and you see in mandalorian you see din jaren struggle to make that connection like he is unable yeah. to do that like he we it's so heavy for him and he can't do it and sabine is able to at least have enough force sensitivity where she can make a connection with the blade right um so there's something there i so i guess that alone is the one whiff of hint that we get that she is able to utilize the force in any way yeah but you know we certainly never hear her say like, I don't know, I just have a feeling right. or, you know, move something with her mind. Like, you know, certainly never, never anything like that. Yeah. Sabine with a lightsaber is like me with a guitar. Like I know enough to be dangerous and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also, I mean, Ezra does um, l- leave a lot on her shoulders, kind yeah. of not specifically, but he's, you know, he says, I'm counting on you. And he indirectly gives her his lightsaber. So, like, maybe he senses something in her as well or did. Yeah, could be. Um, And maybe that could be something that we get explored. So, go ahead. No, I was going to say, do we want to dive back into uh, Chronologic? Because, like, Ahsoka down in that, when she found the map, those carvings and all of the lines and everything... Like, all I could think of was, like, Mortis and World Between Worlds and everything was kind of that feel and i'm like okay they're not shying away from any of that no which, no they are yeah yeah um embracing it yeah, which i think is great because it seems like to be right because like why else would you you're taking an animated character and we've all know we've known for years that these shows are canon like this is what happened yep. so if that's what happened then we that should be represented in live action as well yes i i thought the same yep. thing yeah, because then, we had just recently watched the World Between Worlds episode with the whole okay. painting yep. and everything, too. So I was just like, yep, this is I mean, and it didn't look exactly the same, but it looked enough like it that we I mean, both of us and my wife even were reminded of it. Yep. Um, but because it was, you know, it's a night sister temple, it's not a right a Jedi temple. So, yeah, the construction, the design was a little different, but still. Reminiscent same, yeah, sure. same kind of feel to it. Um, yeah. But then you snap right from that to. 
the amazing Clancy Brown as Ryder Azadi. Like the I voice of Ryder. I didn't know that he was in this show. No, I didn't I don't either. remember reading that he was in it. It's amazing. I also didn't know that when they animated Ryder Azadi, they just animated Clancy Brown because holy hell. Yeah, no, I, I knew that and immediately that's who he was before yeah. I even recognized his voice. I yep. was like, oh, they got, oh, yeah, that's right. He did the voice. Like, that's, yep. wow, yeah, it's perfect. Like, did they, I got, did they design that character? I don't know. After him if they, like, being like, yeah. wait, hey, someday. Right. Because he's looked like that for a long time. He's looked grizzled and white haired for a, with a beard right. for a very long time. So, um, yeah, super cool. And then, and then did, the, did you catch the other Rebels reference in there? As to who the senator was that was speaking. Okay, yeah, that name was familiar, but I didn't remember who it was. Jai Kel, one of the other uh, Imperial, like the uh, Ezra's time in the Academy. Yes. Okay, that's yep. that's who I thought. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, so yeah. cool. His, his the other one that came and became a rebel with him. Right. Ended yeah. up being the senator from Lothal. Senator for Lothal. That's super cool. Um. And yeah, and then we cut to the cool speeder bike thing uh, stunt with Sabine. Yeah, and the Ewings, awesome. which like that was just great. Now, where do they? What what letter are they? E. E wings. Okay. Yep. E wings. Now, though, like, do you think that was her? Like, was that her squadron? Uh, they were calling felt, her commander. It almost felt I mean, like I don't know. she was like that. They were. A little too familiar with her. So yeah. either like she was in the command were. structure or like she was flying with them or whatever. Well, I think uh, based on the end of Rebels, I feel like she stayed on Lothal. Yeah. Because like she interpreted Ezra's message to be, I need to stay here and look after Lothal. So I think, yeah. I don't think she was like commanding them in like in the Battle of Endor or anything like that. Right. Um, but she, I think she was probably commander of Lothal's military right. for a while, maybe, or something like that. So, yes, I, I, I do think there was a familiarity for sure. And he, like, just pulled well, off were, and he was like, okay, I get it. She's not going to stop. I'm just going to leave her alone. The yeah. other thing that made me think that was that they were referred to as Spectre Squadron. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yes. And that makes sense. the ghost crew was Spectre 1, Spectre 2. Yep. Like, that was yeah. their call signs. So, um, yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, that, that kind of tip. I'm like, huh, maybe that is like maybe she was the commander there or some sort of structure. Um, yeah. Also, uh, in universe punk, apparently solid. <laughs> yeah, I was I said I was I was said to my wife, I was like, I don't think I've ever heard drums in Star Wars before, at least not in live action <laughs> Star Wars. But yeah, that was cool. Oh, okay. I got to find that song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That was awesome. Yeah. Then they uh, when she gets to the tower, they they hint to the. You know, you have the Lothcat scene and then they hint to the armor in the bag, which was like, yeah, all right, that's coming out at some point. Yep. And I was and that and that's a big um, character thing, too. Um, just knowing that she put it away. Yeah. You knowing know, that when we never saw her in Rebels at all with it off. Yeah. Right. Till the last um, shot. Right. Yeah. Unless she was like disguised as a stormtrooper or something, right. you know, like well, she was no, she's wearing armor. it in the last shot. Is she's she? wearing it in the last okay. shot because the last shot is her going with Ahsoka. Okay. So it's been four years um, since I saw that. So yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I literally, <laughs> I got, so because they moved up the release date, I got yeah. to Jedi Knight on Monday. Yeah. And I was like, okay, the last two I can watch on Tuesday and then watch this on Wednesday. Yeah. Didn't happen. Well, there's five, four more, four or five more. I think is there after Jedi Knight. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, le- but last night been, everything was wide open. Well, last night everything was yeah. wide open because my wife was busy. That's true. So I was like, oh, I'll finish yeah. it up and voila. Yeah. But, so right now yeah. my last last uh, you know memory of Rebels is Canaan Sacrifice. So ah yes, still also a good note to go out on, but would have liked to finish it. Incredible. Um. Uh. So yeah, just have knowing that her armor is in a bag, and I guess even if you don't. Um, even if you don't know that she's Mandalorian, like you haven't watched Rebels, you yep. do get that line from Hera, who we have already met by this time in the episode. Uh, I think Hera has said to Ahsoka already, like, well, she's Mandalorian. She's tough or something like that. At know? which point my or wife was like, don't, she's we... Mandalorian? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then you see, yeah, when you see the helmet sticking yep. out of the bag, you're like, oh, we, I, uh, you know, even if he, I haven't watched Clone Wars or Rebels, I know from mandalorian that yeah. this armor should be sacred and she's not uh, clearly not um treating it well yep. um but just to jump to something that i said uh mary elizabeth winstead as harrison doula big fan yep. loved it thought she was great the she had a couple of little vocal intonations that i was like oh she definitely studied this one i thought that about um bordizo as yes. uh, sabine as yep. well like there was definite and there Even, was times where she looked like her too. Like I they did like the say, eye makeup so much where yeah. she looked a lot like Sabine for sure. And the mannerisms, like the especially the the payoff at the end when she puts the armor back on, and she, yeah. like when she's holding the armor or the helmet at her side, I'm just like, I've seen that how many times in animation? Yeah, of yeah. like her walking in exactly like that with the the helmet on her side and the yep. pixie cut and everything. I'm like, oh, Sabine's back. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> So cool. Yep. So cool. Um. Uh, oh, Ezra. Uh, the Ezra expose next would. Uh, yep. Chronologically. I wish that we had gotten a little bit of a closer shot of him. Yeah. Because like it was kind of from a distance. We're like watching it over her shoulder. Yep. And he looked good. Yeah. But I wanted to see his face up close, and yep. I couldn't. Um. But he also did a thing, speaking of mannerisms, he did like a thing where he like reached up and itched his head or whatever yeah. while he was talking. And my wife's like, that's a big Ezra thing. I was yep. like, yeah, 100%. I agree. That's like a, yep. yeah. Um, uh, so that was cool. So yeah, she got her own separate um, follow message from him, yep. apparently, before he left the end of Rebels. Um, which again is, and again, in that separate message, she says, I'm counting on you. So well, have, also, having just watched you know it, it's very star wars in that he refers to her like a sister and i'm pretty yes. sure that's uh not how he thought of sabine for a long time yeah he definitely had a crush on her for a yeah. long in the in, in the early seasons yeah um they kind of abandoned that um in like season three and four end of season three and four i think so like yeah a little like, bit more so was, yeah um but uh but going back like again he's putting a lot on her shoulders because having just watched the last episode of Rebels, he says it to her face. He says, I'm counting on you. Yep. He says it in the hollow message that is for the group. Sabine, I'm counting on you. And then apparently she got a, a third, third message. message of I'm counting on you specifically sent to her like, yo, no wonder she's having dreams of him and obsessing over where he is and right. feeling guilty like she's that's kind of what she where she is, where she what she's going through. Like, no wonder, because He's given her this like, you know, if she maybe if she was more force sensitive, she'd be able to like kind of like figure out or feel like I know what I'm supposed to do, you know. But, um, you know, as we as we've already talked about, she's not. 
So maybe she's struggling with it a little bit more, struggling figuring out um, what she's supposed to do, which she even says in the last episode of Rebel. She said, I thought your message was this, but now I know I'm supposed to go and find you. Right. Um, so she gets there eventually, but it's tough. Mm. Um, I think, are we through the first episode? I think because we were jumping around. So uh, unless you have yeah, we hit point. on, we hit on some of this, like the uh, Death Mary stuff. Uh, T6 escorted from Ezra's tower. Yep. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, there were a couple, a uh, couple lines. Uh, I walked away from Anakin. Like I walked away from Sabine. We saw oh, that in yeah. the trailer yeah. and I feel like it hit more when we saw it in the episode. Just I didn't because, watch that trailer. Yeah. I stopped watching trailers for this a while ago. So yep. I loved that line when yeah. I heard it for sure. Yeah. It's such a crazy thing. Like it's not crazy because it's all canon and we've known it's all canon for years, but having a, a like a hardcore animation character like Ahsoka talking to a hardcore animation character, Hera. Now they're both in live action and one of them just said Anakin Skywalker's name, who we've seen in both. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like that line for me was like just tying everything together. Like, and I've heard her say Anakin's name a million times in animation. But for some reason, hearing her say it in live action just connected that dot to like the original trilogy even harder for me. Like she's talking about Darth Vader (laughs) when she says that, you know, and I'm just like master. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Yes. Yeah. I'm just like, wow, this is like, I love star Wars. (laughs) It's just great. Yep. Great. Um, So yeah, that that was a great effectively. We touched kind of on the rest of the, the episode um, of, of what we've seen. We did get the mystery inquisitor, uh, shows up during that death yep. Mary scene. Uh, yeah, that's all we get of him in episode one, him or her. Um, yeah, but certainly uh, more in episode two. But yeah, then we we get you know Sabine dying. Of course, doesn't die. But uh, yeah. then it cuts to uh, like emotionally for our friend Ray. Yeah, I know. Which like after watching him kill it in that episode, like. He's- that was amazing. Great. Both these episodes. Stevenson. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So that was that was a nice touch. Um, yeah. Agreed. And then Agreed. into like episode two opens with, you know, of course, Sabine's fine. Um, yes. Not a back to tank in sight, by the way. No. I got to say. No. Nursing her back to health without the help of a back to tank. Wow. Yeah. Go Star Wars. Figuring um, it out. Advancements in medicine. So I while guess. they're while they're having their little tryst and falling out there between the two of of Sabine and uh, Ahsoka in the med bay, yeah, Ahsoka says something that I don't know if you picked up on, but in my brain, all I could think of the way she said she said you've done enough, and yeah, in my in my brain, I'm like, Anakin said that to her at some point. Like I could distinctly, re- I don't know when or where, but I was like. Why do I think Anakin said that to her at one point? Yeah, I think you're right. It like it stuck with me right. where it's like, oh, okay. Or maybe it was like Kanan like, and Ezra or something. But like I thought it was Anakin to, to uh, Ahsoka. I can hear that yeah. as well. I really liked her delivery of it because it was like right in between uh, gracious yep. and like... Uh, 
um, what's the opposite of that? Yeah, it was like <laughs> a perfect backhanded, um, like yes, yeah. exactly, or being like angry about something. Like yeah. it was like you've done enough, and you've done enough. Yeah, but it was like right in the middle of those two, so you could interpret it either way. Yep, and um, interesting. Yeah, I think I still like. Um, I was trying to figure out. I had to write down. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Anakin said that. <laughs> like it just felt. I feel right. like. Certainly someone says it to somebody else yeah. somewhere, but it definitely seems it's like a, it's definitely thing, a recurring like, Star Wars quote type thing. Yeah. In that because, context. you know, yeah, because Ahsoka, and they touch on this, too, like Ahsoka can be difficult. She can be very stubborn. Mm-hmm. And I like that they are continuing that part of her arc, which they don't really do in Rebels too much. In Rebels, she is more of like a authority figure. Yeah. So they don't really touch on her um, impatience um, and stubbornness sometimes. But they do in this show, which I liked. I liked yep. the return of that. Um, um, okay, but Steve, I think this is a good time to do it because they dive into it more in, in episode two. For me, there's one thing in this show that I think is the most, possibly the most mind-blowing introduction of any concept in any Star Wars, since any in any Star Wars, in forever. Okay. In forever. 46 years ago, in 1977, the first words we ever got in a Star Wars movie are, a long time ago in a galaxy, far, far away, singular, yep. one one galaxy. Steve, this show is setting up the fact that we are going to travel out of this galaxy to a different galaxy, a galaxy without Tatooine in it. Yeah. A different galaxy. And yet staying in Star Wars universe, that is huge. That's huge. Am I wrong? That's huge, right? No, it's it's huge. And it's actually like it's it's lore and canon breaking. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. That's like, what, yeah. A galaxy, a ga- not in one of many galaxies far, far away. Right. A galaxy. Like even in all of Legends, only once did like an extra galactic force come into the Star Wars galaxy. Wow, And really? that was the Yuuzhan Vong like invading. And it was yeah. huge. Like it was a 18 book arc. But still, no one left. No. They well, came after the fact, yeah, but um, okay, but like, yeah, just like it, it was Jason Solo, it was Ben Solo or um, Han Solo and Leia's kid, right? Who okay. ended up as becoming far as, a Dark Lord of the Sith. Go figure, right? But um, as far as as far as new canon goes, yeah, there's nothing, nothing. So for me, that was mind blowing. Yeah, mind blowing. Now at the same, like we're time, going somewhere else. This this blows apart. Uh, if you if you listen to Monday's episode with me and Tom, we talked a lot about the unknown regions and the way yeah. that was all set up in Legends and even in New Canon with the Chiss and uh, the Chiss actually are currently in Canon uh, at risk of an you know incursion from possible extragalactic whatever, hmm. uh, but. Uh, the this like wipes out most of the unknown regions like why why are we going extra galactic when there's still a whole bunch you don't know in the known galaxy 
and yeah, I don't know. It's the whole thing's kind of kind of weird as far as how it fits into canon, and we'll see where it goes. So yeah, but yeah, I, well, I'm 100 percent I mean, with you. Where it's just like, what we're going where? Okay, cool. I mean, it makes sense. Like we as humans are a species who have not mastered interplanetary travel. No. Yet we know that there are other galaxies. We know that we live in a galaxy and there are millions and billions of other ones out there. So it makes sense that they would know about other galaxies, but wild that not once in the last 46 years of Star Wars have we ever gone to one. It all takes place in the same galaxy. Wild and crazy to me that they were going somewhere else. I was blown away by that. The, the concept of it. And I think to your point, unknown regions aside, if Ezra and Thrawn have disappeared and gone somewhere that is untraceable and no one knows where they are at all, then it makes sense that it would need to be somewhere farther away yeah. to steal a line from another franchise where, you know, gone where no man has gone before. Yeah. Boldly, if you will. Um, so I think I think it makes sense that they would have gone somewhere, you know, the unknown, quote unquote, unknown regions. Someone knows what's going on there. Like you could probably find somebody that could take you somewhere in the unknown regions. You know, yeah. that's a classic Star Wars thing. Like I need a ship to this right. distant place that no one wants to go to. Um, I need a guy. So I like it, but I'm very intrigued and interested in what's going to happen. Will what's going to be there? Yep, I guess. Yeah, anyway, we'll see. That we'll was see my that uh, my going. big point. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, episode two. Uh, Sabine's okay. Hooray! Great. I know we've talked about some episode two stuff because I can't go in a straight line. Right. Um. Uh, so the Sabine and Hera conversation and interaction. Like yep. That. That just it felt right. I agree. Yep. It felt like the two characters from Rebels. Right. Yeah. You know. Hera, Hera still has a little of the, you know, the mother in her and mm-hmm. Sabine is still Sabine. <laughs> yeah. Just the, yeah. Like that, that I was mean, the thing that stuck with me is Natasha Lubardizo's portrayal of Sabine felt like the animated character. Not, not yeah. in like, not in a weird way, but like a hundred percent felt like it was a continuation of what we knew Sabine to be. Yeah. And it felt like natural. Yeah. It didn't feel like she was trying too hard to capture something like it felt like a natural um, uh, progression from animation to live action. Um, and uh, so, oh, they go to Corellia. Oh, we see. Oh, we see the uh, the bad guys. Um, uh, we see Morgan and Balin and Shin and Mr. Inquisitor at some uh, temple. They don't really specify who built it. They just say it's very centuries old. Um, right. looking at the star map, uh, specifying they were going to a different galaxy far, far, away, far, far, farther away. Yeah. Um, and uh, then they go to Corellia and I got excited when they said Corellia. I was like, what? We've only been to Corellia once in solo and now we're going back. I'm very excited. Yep. You know, I feel like, I feel like there's two extremes with star Wars. It's either we're going to a new planet every single time or we're going back to Tatooine. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're going places you've been a million times or we're going to something new and, uh, you know, like, yeah, go back to Corellia. Sure. I would love to go see visit that place again. And I think they do a good job. Looks like looks like I did when we saw it in solo gloomy, 
Um, actually, it's this is uh, daylight, so it's a little brighter gloom. Right. Um, and among other things that we get at uh, Corellia, we meet live-action Chopper for the first so time. So good. So good. Big fan of this. <laughs> so good. Like, so good. They, they, they made him as expressive as he is. Yep. And also, I don't know if it's... Like, they always made it so his voice was kind of... You could tell what he was saying. Yes. But I yeah. feel like they almost made it my, even more for this. It's one of my favorite things about uh, Chopper's top three droids for me. Yes. He's It's like R2 and 3PO because of nostalgia and Chopper is right there yeah. at number three. I would probably um, put Chopper above 3PO. Yeah, I can see that. I, can, <laughs> I, I admit that 3PO is too because of nostalgia and yep. for no other reason. <laughs> um, uh. But yeah, my one of my favorite things about watching Rebels is trying to guess what Chopper said. And it's a lot of times it's easy to figure out. Um, yeah. Sometimes because the character will repeat it right afterwards, but um, sometimes they don't. And uh, it's still fun to figure out what he said and the rhythm of it. And uh, they nail it. They nail it in this one, too. And like, I mean, we're saying like, oh, the characters are written exactly the same way. Yeah, it's because the same guy wrote it. <laughs> you know, like it helps. When the same guy that wrote Rebels or came up with Rebels is still is writing these episodes, too. So it shouldn't be a shock that it feels right. Right. Um, but it does. And we get to see the Phantom also, which is super cool. Yep. Um, I'm excited, assuming that we're going to see the ghost at some point. We're going to have seen the Phantom. Seeing the Phantom was just as cool. Yeah, I think I was very excited to see that. Um, uh, also, a very uh, green screeny volume tour of uh, one of the Carillion factories. Yep. I thought when they were riding on that little thing, like you could tell they weren't really going through a factory. Um, mm-hmm. Just looked a little green screen. They did a pretty good job matching the shadows and the light and stuff like that, but it's still yeah, was, they were still uh, some. green screen. Really loved, and this is something that Dave Filoni likes to do, as we know from things like Bad Batch, exploring. Um, uh, exploring like the in like in Bad Batch, he's exploring the fall of the Republic and the transition from like clones to stormtroopers and things like that. In this, he's talking about the dismantling of the Empire and like, yeah, Morgan Elsbeth doesn't own any uh, shipyards anymore, but the workers are the same workers because we need people to work. So yes, there are Imperial people that used to be Imperial working at every level of this facility. Right. Um. And which I thought was just a throwaway line that I loved, but then it sets up the fact that a bunch of them are in that uh, um, room. I don't know when they're right. looking at that ship, and then they attack Ahsoka and Hera, which I think is it was a, it was a cool way to set that up. Um, and even if you missed it, they have one of the guys go for the Empire, yeah. which is unnecessary to announce. I'm about to attack you from behind. Turn around and kill me. Um, but, Please look but at me and then stab me with a lightsaber. It's fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, I get why they have to uh, leave that in there and do all that stuff. Um, yeah, uh, my I just my like that notes idea. for this section were Corellia Shipyard in live action, exclamation point, chopper, all caps, exclamation point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. One um, thing we did miss was the mention of the Eye of Scion, which we find okay. out what it is later. But... Um, Wait, do we? Yeah, the oh, I, that's so the, the, the thing that was that the, the hyperspace ring there that yeah, they were okay. stealing the engine for. Um, yes. Okay. And the the giant hyperspace ring like looks like a huge version of what we would see in the prequels, 
uh, to yeah, be used the for yeah, like the Jedi starfighters and that. Um, yeah. So curious. I'm assuming that's for the extra galactic travel. Yeah, and you got to wonder if it's it's that big. Is it that big because it's got to go so much farther than anyone's ever gone, or is it that big because, or for both reasons, is it that big because the ship that they're going to be using is a huge one? Like, right. are they going to go in like a star destroyer or something? You know, right? Because uh, we've only seen it for like single light fighters, like Obi Wan's starfighter and Attack of the Clones. We've only seen like the smaller ones. We've never seen one that big. So I'll be interested to see what ship they take to get there. For or sure. did they make it that big just because it looks cool? Well, that's also a possibility. You <laughs> <laughs> just one tiny little ship in, right. in this humongous ring. But the ring itself also has like, uh, you know, like it's like a space station also oh, yeah. because the last uh, last uh, scene of the episode, they're in there. Yep. Um, so I guess they don't. Maybe they don't even need a ship. Maybe it's just going to be the ring. Yep. And then we do finally get. Uh, Elspeth uh, notes that Merak will complete his task. And that's the first time we actually get the mention of the name of Mr. Inquisitor Boy. Okay, that's the Inquisitor. Yep. Okay, yeah. I heard because Balin says it as well, um, but I didn't realize who they were talking about, Yeah, <laughs> I guess. So, yeah, I actually, I had to look that up after the fact. I was like, who is that? Okay. And then I looked up, I like phonetically tried to spell that very poorly and eventually got yeah. to where... Uh, it's M A R R O K apparently. Oh, okay. Which I would have not in any way, shape, or form how I spelled it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, speaking of Maroc, we get a super badass uh, move back on Corellia from Ahsoka, who uh, uh, blows the window out with her lightsabers and just straight jumps out of it. Yep. Um, while Hera runs to the the Phantom. And uh, very cool fight between her and Maroc and the other assassin droid there. Yep. And there's one cool move where like she's stabs the droid and kind of uses it as a shield and moves around it and they cut it in half Yep. and they kind of like spin around and it falls apart while they're looking at each other. That was really dope. Yeah. <laughs> that was really yeah. The cool choreography fight. in this All was around. really solid. Yeah. And like one, she like pushes him away with the force yep. at some point or her away at the force and stops themselves. Well, and um, it's funny because the choreography of that first fight where she fought the four assassin droids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually I was like, oh, something doesn't quite feel right. Like it almost felt like kind of half baked ish. Yeah. And then I realized as they progressed through things, I'm like, oh, they were trying to show that she didn't actually need to do shit to beat these guys. Right, yeah. And then later I, I on. Think, I think it's possible that some of the fighting is limited when you're shooting in the volume. And I think also both true. those scenes yeah. were shot there because, like, you are in a specific space. Yep. You know, and it's not that, I like, I like, like, the volume is good at what it does most of the time. It's not all, it's not foolproof. Like I mentioned, like, I can tell in this show when they're using it a lot sometimes. Um but you're in a confined space. Yeah. You know, like if you're in a giant green screen studio, you can have a green screen the size of a huge wall or whatever, and you can move around a lot more. Like the volume is a circle. It's a circular screen that they're standing in the middle of. Yep. So like the camera can only move so far. Like there's only like so much you can do. So that might have been that might have been why. And honestly, Steve, 
I don't know. I think Dave Filoni is a better animation director than he is a live action director. Yeah, I can see like, that. I know he's done Mandalorian episodes. I, I don't remember specifically which ones, but like I noticed the difference. Like I thought the second episode was better than better directed than the first episode. Yes. And he did the first one and someone else did the second one. Um, and that remains to be so, you know, we'll see if that continues. But he also, you know, the episode that Ahsoka shows up in and Mandalorian is one that he did. And that one's right. Great. That was great. That one's great. So, you know, I can't say it's um, specifically that, but certainly not everything on his shoulders. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but Marok gets away. The droid gets killed. And um, oh, OK, yeah. So we're at this amazing scene where Chopper is searching frantically in his uh drawer i guess his little Whatever. droid drawer for a tracker hilariously uh can't find it is arguing with her about where it is uh, that scene was so great that was like perfect i thought it was great star wars humor it felt i was like yeah i don't know it just felt right humor wise it felt right character wise um it felt like it was a great one of those scenes where like chewie and han are going at it in the falcon yeah yeah like it had that and same feel yeah yeah, and classic Star Wars where it doesn't it's like humor during a scene that is like an action scene at the same right. time. Like they find a way to naturally to make it funny without completely negating like the tension of what they're trying to right. do. Like, come on, Chop, you gotta get that. Hurry up. We you know we're almost there. Would it help She's if I got trying... out and pushed? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it might. Um yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. I thought it was really funny. I was laughing out loud yep. and and then him doing like the like uh, <laughs> yeah. put his arms up at the end is awesome. And like spinning around to get momentum to throw oh, yeah. it was also awesome too. As she the threw flew the phantom over the top of it was really cool. Yeah. That was really cool. <laughs> yeah, that whole Man. like I I liked a lot about these episodes. Chopper might have been the MVP. <laughs> He's the best. He's the best. I wish that we he'd gotten. I mean, this probably was like. I guess I was, I don't know if Chopper's practical or animated. I couldn't really tell. It's really good CGI I if he's not he was practical. practical. He might have been, but I, or at I least wanted to see him scooting practical. around. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to see him like moving around, but he was in the Phantom the whole time. Yeah. And I wish that he had been out of it at some point. But um, Actually, yeah, in the, the trailer that I saw, I think, I think I saw the two main trailers and I don't remember him out. Yeah, I'm sure. I think he was really the only, the, te- the teaser that I saw him in was just really, it was yeah, just for this shots. episode. It was him yeah. in the yeah, yeah. So I'm sure at some point we'll get him, you know, full yeah. form. Question will be whether around. he, whether he's as animated as, uh, not yeah, not pun intended, but like right. I get what you mean. Yeah, if he's moving yeah. around as much. Yeah. Um. So yeah, what else? I think uh, so. They put the tracker on, and uh, they reveal the eye of what is it? Scion. Scion, which is going to be really hard for I'm me not curious. to say the Eye of Sauron, <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> um, I'm curious if that's a reference to Darth Scion from the KOTOR games. Uh, so we'll find out more on that later, but uh, or maybe we won't. But yeah, I was Did you notice popped into my head of like, OK, Darksiders talking about a Scion. OK, let's see. Hmm. Um, did you notice in the final scene that the hologram technology aboard the Eye of Scion was different than other Star Wars hologram technology? No. Like, it just looks different. It was yeah. like, it wasn't as like blue 
and it was like dustier almost like okay. it almost looked like wakandan or something like that like gotcha um i don't know strange when you watch it again with your wife yeah. like like when elsbeth is talking to balin or like at the end it just looks like they're it just okay. looks different i don't know yeah because that was like 11 30 last night so i you know the yeah the attention span was low <laughs> sure sure um yeah so we get uh sabine fi- uh, finally realizing that she uh, needs to go and uh needs to help ahsoka and um does the cool the great reference to kane and Jarrus cutting his hair um same thing she does with the knife yeah. with the helmet right in front of her awesome um lays out her armor and uh then we get the recreation of the final scene of star wars rebels where she is looking at the mural and uh turns around and ahsoka is there now i'm not somebody that needs every little detail of continuity between movies whether it's star wars or otherwise like you know big stuff of yeah. course gotta make sense but that last scene in Rebels, when she turns around, Ahsoka's standing there with a white cloak on, and she's holding some big staff yeah. out like this. And they didn't do that. And I got to wonder why they didn't do that. Like, it would have been easy to do that. Right. I don't know why they wouldn't. Like, it doesn't bother me so much that I'm going to take points off of this show, but, like, there's no reason why you couldn't have at least put a staff in her hand. Right. No reason. Well, now, timeline-wise, was, <laughs> I guess... Do you think that was an actual recreation of that scene? Or do you think do. it was a nod to like a, a refresher of that scene? Like it's happening again. Like, do you think that scene in Rebels happened before they started training together and went off? Well, or was that I, just this? I think it was a recreation. I think everything when Sabine has long hair happened before the last scene in Rebels. Okay. And then that was the last scene in Rebels. That's what I okay. think. Because that is because she says in Rebels, she says she realizes that she's supposed to go and find you. I'm supposed to go and find you, Ezra. And this is her going to find him, going right. with Ahsoka. So I thought it was a recreation because okay. she also does a reach. She reaches up and taps Ezra on the cheek, yep. which she does in the rebels episode as well as long as that's um, unless that's just something that she does every time right that's just her day like i wake up i go touch ezra's face and it's fine (laughs) yeah exactly yeah Yeah. so i i interpreted it as a recreation of that okay and you've seen you've seen that that. final scene much more recently than i have so last night in my right in my brain it was like oh no two nights ago sorry monday night yeah yeah in my brain i'm like i kind of remember that it kind of looked like it like that's a nice touch that's a nice homage but if it yeah. was like again, like him that shot, then right. it's close enough yeah. that it is fine. Like doesn't, I mean, it clearly bothers me enough to bring it up, <laughs> but like, like I said, not enough that it's going to, I'm going to, you know, yep. say that this show is bad because they didn't do that exact thing. Right. But, um, so yeah, did we get through all I think your notes? Did. I've got through everything that I think I wanted to say, but, um, yeah, Steve, I got to say, this is real strong start. Real strong start for this show. Yeah, I'd agree. I, you know, was was it like a pure A plus? I don't think it was pure, like everything was perfect, but there was enough that was good and moving in the right direction and enough way they set up a plot. Like it was a little slow. It was methodical, 
but I think that's giving things like we talked earlier room to breathe and yeah. that that may pay off later in the season especially for people that don't know the crew and like any of yes. the backstory yeah um and also what's exciting is that I feel like again I didn't watch the most recent trailer but I think most of the stuff that I remember seeing in the trailers was from these two episodes yep so uh, we've got six more. This is an eight episode series total. Oh, is it? Okay. We have, yeah. So we have six more episodes of stuff we have not seen anything from. Nice. Or if so, it was very quick shots, like little things. Like right. all the main shots I th- I remember from the trailers were from these two episodes. So that's very exciting for me. Awesome. To just be going, like going into a show that I already really like with characters I already like in a franchise that I love going in Oh, I just I get more Star Wars and I don't know I don't know what's coming. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yep. I'm in. I'm in. So yep. um we will be I don't know, Steve, are we gonna do this every Wednesday, do you think, or are we just gonna do it, roll it into the Sunday uh night recording? I guess we'll have to see what our schedules are like. Yeah. In the last few Wednesdays, in the next six Wednesdays. Um but uh, I was going to say uh, the, the hype meter as where as to where we are and what our thoughts are uh, almost says we probably should try and do a Wednesday. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, Peter, off it, if it, Peter off it, if it dies, you know, it, yeah, if, if for some it reason, it unfortunately five. dies, dies on the vine, then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got to I, I can't I can't imagine that there won't be an episode or two that's maybe a little slower or feels like filler or something like that. But um, I feel like because this is written, all all these episodes are written by Dave Filoni. Yeah. The guy that was the main creator of Rebels, um, showrunner. He knows these characters, you know, probably better than most people, writes them better than most people. So, you know, I'm sure that he's had this story in his head for years. Right. So I'm sure he knows where it starts and I'm sure he knows where he wants it to end to. So I, you know, there's been complaints about Star Wars in the past, not having a plan. I think this guy's got a plan. Dave's got and a plan. I think uh, it's all under the hat. Yeah. And it seems like they're really letting him cook. Like they give him a yeah. hour long opening episode instead of being like, nah, make it make it a half hour. Right. You know, like they're letting him do his thing. So hopefully that continues. Nice. So I did. I'm pumped. I did That's realize Ahsoka. there's no chance I can do next Wednesday. So. Okay. Well, it comes we'll, out on Tuesdays. Tano Tuesdays. So we'll oh, see. True. Tuesday I can do. Wednesday I can't do. We'll see. So right. we'll see how we'll it see. goes. We'll see how it goes. But we may figure this out by our recording on Sunday, which you should check out by following us on your podcatcher of choice or yep. watching us on YouTube and liking, subscribing, yep. so you know when we go live. Yeah, which is usually Sunday nights at 9.30 for a recap of all of your week's nerdy news, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, all that kind of stuff. Uh, comics, comic reviews, um, sponsored by Funky Town Comics in Camillus, New York. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can check us out there and Where listen to us. Where you can actually find a first appearance of Ahsoka Tano if you want to. You sure can, in comic book form. If you got a few hundred dollars laying right. around that you don't know what to do with, and you love Ahsoka Tano. Somebody go buy it so I don't have to keep looking at it. I know, it's driving Steve crazy. Someone's got to take it <laughs> off the shelf. Please. 
All right. That's all we got for now. Uh, let us know what you think of this show so far. Um, you know, comment on this video or uh, send us a drop us a line at any of our social medias. We're pretty active on Instagram. We're also on Facebook. And, um, you know, you can drop us a line at the multiverse report at gmail.com. If you want to give us your opinion, we'll read it on the air and talk about it. Um, but that's it. So uh, next time we'll see you is Sunday night at 930 with your week's nerdy news recap. And until then. Thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the multiverse.